0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Hurwitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, scorned taxpayers, and all-around good, hardworking Americans yearning to be free to the one and only Conservative Review Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, here at Blaze TV. Thankfully, it is Friday. We love Fridays, the end of a... Long and arduous week as well as the end of a terrible year, the year of tyranny, the year of suspension of civil liberties, the year of burning our democracy, our republic, our constitution, the year of anarchy and tyranny. What is it going to take for us to conjure up even a fraction of that fighting spirit, that yearning for liberty that our forefathers had during the American revolution to deal with a degree of anarchy and tyranny, a level of violating the social contract that is much deeper and more vast than anything King George ever did. What is it going to take? And today we're going to have a very special guest, a very special guest who embodies that spirit And the future of our republic, without any exaggeration, will lie in the hands of people like her. And in numbers, how many like her? Now, I'm going to give a long and elaborate introduction to our guest before we bring her on. Larvita McFarrer, in defiance of unconstitutional orders in the state of Minnesota, she is a bar in southwest Minnesota where she is keeping opened and the question we keep asking ourselves is where is everyone the problem we have is with us we are the problem because we have a country where 83% of the counties even with the election fraud voted for Trump and whatever Trump is or isn't and stands for and doesn't stand for the people voting for him certainly didn't stand for Corona fascism We have 31 states with Republican legislatures, 24 with trifecta control. But again, I want to be clear. When people are scared of their government with corona fascism, the schools, the private schools, the businesses, the churches, walking around without a muzzle on your face, it's not the feds that are after you. And and most often, it's not even the states. It's the county government. And the question is, why do we not have... 83% heck I'll take 30% of the counties where Trump won let's say by a margin of 20 or more where we could live freely where the elected officials and unelected officials in the county government reflect the values of the voters that's all we ask for we can live freely why don't we have that and the answer is because of us because we're lazy because we're scared Because we do not have that fighting spirit of the revolution. You see, in a functioning... Republic... You just say no. A democracy, any elected official gets in, could do anything to you. And... The hallmark of a democracy over, let's say, a dysfunctional country, anarchy... Is where the police force... And that would include the Department of Health backed ultimately by the muscle of whatever law enforcement is in the area, sheriff of police. That line of communication seamlessly flows from the politically elected officials to the muscle of the police force. And that's ultimately what we're scared of. But what happens when you have governors and mayors and unelected board of health you know health department people in the state and county level that seize power and say constitutional rights don't matter much of it is not even done through a legislature or a county commission it's done executively and you and and we're suspending your rights even if there's a degree of gray area that we're willing to tolerate because we don't want to undo that system but we all agree and this is literally in our founding documents in the declaration of independence in the various at least original 13 colony state bills of rights that when you have arbitrary power, that is tyrannical, that suspends liberties. It is the duty of the citizenry to throw off that government. And by the way, you know what they meant by that. They meant what they ultimately did, which was an armed revolution. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about simply just saying no and simply breathing free air without a gag on your face and opening your business and opening your private school and opening your church the way you want to. That is all we're asking for. And that is not in the hands of Joe Biden. That is in our hands. Because if we simply as a community in at least the areas where, you know, at least the areas where we have the majority of the people just said, no, this would fall apart. There's an old Jewish joke based on a verse in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes about the difference between a man and and a beast, a man and an animal. So towards the end of chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon's describing the fallibility of man, the mortality of man. And he's trying to basically explain how If you use this world just for your beastly instincts to fill your body with food, drink and lots of fun and not to do what's just and and, and righteous in God's eyes and keep his commandments. There's really no difference between you and an animal because you're you're all going to maybe you live for a little bit longer, but for a relatively short period of time in the scheme of things and you go back to the dirt. And, you know, verse 18, verse 19, I said to myself, this is because of children of men so that God should clarify for them so that they may see that they are like beasts to themselves. For there's a happening for the children of men and there's a happening for the beasts and they have one happening, meaning they land in the same place like the death of this one is the death of that one and all have one spirit and the superiority of man over beast is not for all is vanity all go to one place all come from the dust and all return to the dust now obviously he's saying it with a degree of sarcasm um, because man has a lot of superiority in terms of his intellect and ability to accomplish things. But if you don't use the world for that, then yeah, I mean, you you land in the same place. He came from dust. You go to dust. For those of us who are of the Jewish faith, who celebrate Hanukkah, today is the first day. And that was literally the ultimate battle of the few over the many. The the faithful over the pagans. And they're fighting the Greek paganism, Greek, Hellenism, which at its root was moored in this idea that man is like a beast. They focused on the physical attributes of a human having a good time, no spirituality to yourself. And that's really what King Solomon is speaking to. Well, if that's what life is, you're no different than, than a beast. That in itself is a profound lesson that I think is worth speaking about in this era. But I want to get to the joke, the the old Jewish joke based on uh, chapter 3, verse 19. When it says that, you know, they all landed in the same place, the same happening, same death. All have one spirit and the superiority of man over beast is not. Is nothing. The the Hebrew word that is used there is ayin. That's how it's uh, transliterated. It could also mean no. And homiletically, as a joke, there's an old Jewish adage that reads it. The difference between a man and a beast is no. The word no. That a man could say no. We are not going to do this. We are not beasts. And which is, there's a lot of profundity here as to why they're making us walk around with a muzzle on our face. And they're censoring us. And shut up and mask up. That's literally a statement of of the corona fascists. We could say no. You're not going to shut us down. You're not going to make us wear a mask. And certainly in areas where the police and the sheriff and the county officials should anyway reflect our values. Yet rarely are we seeing that because we are not demanding it. We are cowards. And I was thinking last night, I was up with 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 the baby, I was thinking a thought that I don't know why it popped in my mind. We say in the prayers of Hanukkah, we talk about the victory of the few over the many. And I was thinking of the concept of strength in numbers. And this is really where we are falling down on the job. Because all revolutions succeed or fail based on this concept. Do they have strength in numbers? That one guy in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square is not going to do it. You need numbers because then it's chaotic and they can't, the the, the current regime can't enforce their stuff. And that's what we're seeing from the left with BLM and and Antifa, how you could have people that beat people, loot, rob, steal, block highways, and 95% of them got away with it. And they get what they want and they got the policies they want. Why don't we have that? And I'm not saying, we're obviously not suggesting we harm innocent people, but just simply passively, like, just look, we're, we're just going to live freely, and, and you're not going to control us. Because the burden falls on a very small group of people, like it was during the revolution, to put their heads on the, on the sword. And no one wants to do that, and that's the problem. And this is really our job. To see how we could get the strength in numbers, But ultimately, that trail is blazed by individual patriots. As it was during the Revolutionary War. People take for granted, like, oh, it was so easy. No, I mean, it was a 1% chance they would succeed against the British. And if you don't succeed, you know what that means. People like John Hancock and Sam Adams, they would have been hung. Some people were caught and hung. You get captured in battle, you're going to be hung. They were playing for keeps there. Did not look good. And not that many people were initially on board. It took a few very small number of people to get a critical mass, which wasn't a majority. Maybe a third of the people. But that's what it's going to take. But there are special human beings in every generation who are willing to jump in the sea and be those first people and risk their own safety in order to achieve that critical mass, that strength in numbers. Now, folks, one of these patriots that we're talking about, for which this effort to defend liberty and actually restore some semblance of constitutional sanity and freedom in this country is going to hinge upon Larvita McFarrer. She owns Harvin's Garden. This is a restaurant in Lynd, Minnesota. It's in the southwest corner, Lyons County, God's Country, very politically red area. Trump carried it by about 26 points. And if we are going to succeed, it's going to have to be it first in places like this. We should be able to live free. The elected officials and unelected Bureaucrats should reflect the values of the people in the area, but it's going to take people like Larvita to fight back. Because again, what's happening across the nation is that everyone just wants to survive. Nobody looks collectively. There's no national spirit of self-preservation for a constitutional republic. There's individual self-preservation. So, look, I, I just don't want to be shut down. Okay, I'll do what you want. The, the 25% capacity, the mass, this and that. Okay, well, now I have to shut down completely. All right, I'll apply for the PPP. As long as they just give me money, pay me off, I'll I'll be with everyone else. And then each person enforces the tyranny on each other. You can't enter my place without this. You must do that. We all create a social stigma. Government turns man against his friend, even telling people to snitch on each other. But the question is, if a majority of us, especially... Remember, Trump won 83% of the counties, even while you know potentially losing the election. 83% of the counties. Where are we? Why is this happening? Why don't we unite in, in, in strength of numbers, and they're the ones... On the outside looking in. And especially in an era. Where we have so much anarchy. And lawlessness. Where it truly harms other people. And they seem to get away with it. Certainly we should be able to get away. With a rebellion. In the spirit of not a French revolution. But a peaceful American revolution. Just to live freely. Larvita is really. A microcosm of this fight. Across the country, but I think what's special about her story, she stood up and said, "Look, I have to earn a living." There's no evidence that restaurants are are contributing to the spread. We actually talked about this—a study done in Tennessee where the mayor covered up data showing there was no increased spread from them, and we actually have the emails from it. And this is likely true elsewhere in the country. There's no evidence. They're just picking on restaurants because it's an easy target. These are not the big, you know, McDonald's, Burger Kings that they're never going to go out of business. They're going to get their, their bailout money. The Amazons, the Walmarts, they're not going away. They're actually getting richer because government is tilting everyone away from small businesses all to their advantage. But a lot of people are scared. She wasn't scared. She stood up. She said, no mas. She said, no. What distinguishes a man from an animal is that a person could say, no, you cannot do this to me. This violates human rights. This violates fundamental liberties. It violates the Minnesota state constitution. And she fought. She had her license yanked by the local uh, Department of Health and the, the, the Board of Licensing there in the southwest part of the state. She appealed it. She won. She got it back. And other people are following suit. I want to just say one more point before we bring on our guest. What's especially powerful in the state of Minnesota is that we are literally seeing a 500% increase in carjackings in Minneapolis. The, the, The anarchy in the Twin Cities area is worse than it's ever been. Murder is record high in both the Twin Cities. You have police that can't even recruit people. You have a scenario where they have to bring in police from outside just to keep order, and they're not really doing a good job of that. And yet these elected officials are focused on people like Larvita, single moms struggling to earn a living and not asking for government handouts, but asking that government just stay out and not harm them and not shut them down. That is what we're going to use law enforcement for? Are we going to allow that mixture of anarchy and tyranny to persist? Well, let's go find out. With us today is none other than Larvita McFarrer. Larvita, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks for listening to my diatribe there, but I think our listeners want to hear from someone like you who's really a rarity in this era. Before we get to how you reached an inflection point and crossed swords with the local officials Could you just explain, as a restaurant owner, this Havens Garden, first a little bit about what your restaurant is like, who it services, and how you've been affected since March from a lot of these
1: arbitrary edicts? Well, the truth is I have two businesses that have been affected. I'm a prestige gymnastics and we had a gym. You have to know that story because that's how we got the restaurant. And so my goal and dream was to have a restaurant, a place where people could drop their kids off, while they're doing gymnastics. They could go relax, have a good time, just come out and just be with other people and just enjoy good food. Um- so my restaurant is laid back. It's um, just, a, I call it Haven's Garden because I wanted to feel like a safe haven for anyone to come. We do open mic and different things there and game night with families and um, just so people can have a place, an outlet where they can express themselves freely without, you know, censorship, without being afraid of speaking up <laughs> Our, on stage, you know, comedy, open mic, singing, dancing, whatever their talent is. They I just wanted them to have a place to express themselves. So, um, yeah, that's, what my restaurant
0: is about so it sounds like a very family oriented type of place um you know human beings getting together uh which is a natural instinct from human beings and doing it in a safe way in a way that is you know family oriented and you also had the a- activities attached to it, the uh, gymnastics so how have you been affected financially since march
1: well i mean the- Shut down both of my businesses, <laughs> um, so yeah, and we haven't been able to get a PPP loan and um, or anything like that. We did just receive a grant um, last month for fifteen hundred dollars. I don't really know what that's supposed to do when my mortgage is uh, um, fourteen hundred, you know, a month. For some people, that's not a lot, but for so when you're not making an income, it's hard, and you have your other bills that you still have to pay. I still have to pay my taxes on the building. I still have to pay for propane. You know, you, everyone knows these run a business, you still have, even if you're not open, you still have bills that you have to pay. And so um, it was really hard for me and my girls. We went and took other jobs to try to make ends meet. And um, yeah, that's that's
0: what we had to do. So basically after bankrupting this country with trillions of dollars of the bill that they passed in March, so you got $1,500 for months worth of expenses and Obviously, you hope to earn more than $1,500, but more than that, that's your profit. Um, you have, you know, your overall operating expenses, obviously, don't go away, like you said. I mean, is, isn't the margin of profit pretty slim in this business?
1: Yes, and the, the $1,500 was not a PP loan from the government. That was just from my city, the city of Lynn, that had a little grant money left over, and they decided to give it to the businesses or something. So, no, that wasn't part of the, that wasn't part of the PPP loan. Wow. Um, yeah.
0: So after all that, someone like you, which is exactly who needs it. Yeah. Um, you know, the airlines got hundreds of billions of dollars and all these. Well, I guess when they say small business, it means the large small businesses seem to <laughs> gobble it up. So you got nothing. 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 Okay. Now, were you able to get unemployment benefits? Nothing. So, okay, so you slipped through the cracks there. The small business owners don't matter. They they love welfare, and then they love um, right. corporate welfare, but they will not pay reparations to people that they literally shut down for the first time in American history. Um, right. And when I say American history, it's not just since 1789 or 1776. It's literally since the settlement of the continent. We never had um, such edicts from from the local legislatures and things like that so, you know, it opens up more in the summer, certainly not fully. Then you come to the fall, and Governor Tim Waltz is back again with the shutdowns. What pushed you over the edge this time to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stay open?
1: Um, his demands would just keep getting more outrageous. I mean, and I should say, we technically never closed down. We had opened up in March. We were part of a lawsuit during the governor, Douglas Vance was doing the governor when he did the first shutdown. And then we were open um, when he had shut down churches. We had said, um, our facility here for churches. Come and use it. It's free. Um, come and have service here. Um, so we've been fighting this fight since the beginning, watching what Governor Walton is doing as he's taking more and more of our liberties away. You know, I was just in shock that people were just going along with it, and I didn't understand why. I guess that's my big question. Why are we going along with these unlawful and unconstitutional mandates from any governor, any person in power? And so, um, to me, even though shutting down my small business was one thing, it's on a whole different level to shut down a church. And, again, I, was, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And so, and hey my God, as we talk, and we so we're, we are not going to um, abide by these unlawful and unconstitutional mandates. I don't um, – so we had decided to um, stay open. And, um, you know, people ask, you know, why does my schedule look all different? It's because during the, the summertime – um, me and my girls had to go take jobs elsewhere <laughs> to try to make money, so that we whoa, could whoa, wait. Reopen. Wait,
0: back up. You and your girls. How old are your girls?
1: My oldest is twenty-one. She's a senior in college, and my other one's a junior in college. And my I have a sixteen-year-old and a fourteen-year-old.
0: Wow! And you're in your single mother, so four kids there. They had to work together with you to make ends meet. And I'm sure I'm, a, I'm sure you were also affected by your younger ones being at a school, right?
1: Yes, and yes, and no—that's a whole other story. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so my daughters here—they get a hybrid program, and my daughters um, sort of got kicked out of school because they wouldn't wear a mask, and we gave them an exemption. And um, my youngest, so oh. proud um- of her. She tried to go back to school four times because we talk about the Constitution. We talk about what their rights are and how to stand up for each other. We, you know, our little thing is speak up for Yahweh, God, ourselves, and others in a loving way. And so I said, Do you want to fight? Do you want to go to school? You have every right to be in school. And she said, Yes, Mom, I do. And so she tried to go back to school again. And they called me down there again, kicked her out of school. The fourth time she tried to go, they said, if she steps foot, her and my other daughter, if they step foot on the campus, they will be expelled. If they go to school again, it's expulsion for a year. And so, yeah, they've been fighting with me. They've been right along beside wow. me, watching what the government has been doing, what they, um, how they're trying to take away all of our rights, as, our God-given rights that we have been blessed with. And um, I'm just so proud of them because they give me the will to keep fighting. I'm not going to leave them a country... That um, they have no freedoms.
0: You can't. No, you can't go to school. You can't go to church. You can't open your business. I mean, those are really the three legs of the stool. Um, you know, typically politics. We got frustrated. Maybe the values in the country, where things were headed. But you know, it didn't directly affect us. It was more abstract. This you can't avoid. I mean, we can no longer retreat. And I think that's where you realized. So we'll take it to the here and now. What's happened the last couple of weeks? Where basically. I think a lot of people went along with this. A, they were scared. They didn't know what the virus, what the deal is. And B, they thought it would go away. I don't think people could have imagined that they would seize this. But as Justice Alito warned in a speech um, a couple weeks ago in November, he gave a speech and he said, you know what? This has been the most severe protracted period of suspension of liberties, executive power we've ever had. And when that tends to happen, it tends not to go away. And that's where you come in. Because it's not going to go get delivered back to us on its own. We're going to have to grab it back. So could you just describe the series of events that led to you saying no, the response? Because what a lot of people I think are ultimately scared of is being marched down in handcuffs by the local officials. So could you speak a little bit to the reaction you've gotten from the various units of government, the sheriff? The, the, you know, maybe the elected politicians in your county, the unelected health department officials, how did the last couple of weeks play out?
1: Um, I'm going to say this. I'm very blessed with my sheriff's department. Um, I know their hands are tied because they're hearing it from both sides. So I feel guilty, you know. They're hearing sure. from my side of people saying, let them open up um, and leave her alone. And the other side saying, why aren't you arresting her? And, you know, get her out of here. Why, you know, she's a health risk. And, you know, I talked to my sheriff. And all I said is, you need to stand on the Constitution. You can't lose if you stand on the Constitution. And as of right now, that's what he's been doing. I mean, he comes out, he sends out a deputy because people will call in and complain. You know, they have a hotline, a number to call and um, turn people and your neighbors in. And so they'll come out and just say they have to be out there because they have to investigate a complaint. But they're not rude. They're pretty nice. And um, I know they are just doing their job, so I'm torn, you know. But I just want them to stand on the Constitution. I can't get upset if they're doing what the Constitution says. Fine, okay. And so um, the people in the area are actually all over the state, all over the country, have been wonderful. They've been calling me, um, just saying, we stand with you, we support you. And I have a couple people in um, a town over, um, another another town that's like five minutes away from Lind. Um, some of the people there are really liberal and um, they're trying to destroy me and um, harass and all of that kind of thing. But, wow, um, yeah, but the, the support, the outreach of the support, you know, from Action for Liberty, um, Jake, they have been so wonderful. They've just really taken me under their wing and just the love of the patriots out there just uh, warms my heart. I just have no words. For um, the support that I've received, I try to just ignore the other ones <laughs> that are negative, um, but and just go off of people saying they're they'll stand, they're standing with me and standing with my daughters. That just means the world to me.
0: No, that 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 that's terrific, and and I think there are groups of patriots, but what's the gaping hole is politicians. We don't hear anyone speaking for constituents like Larvita. We really don't. I mean, the Republicans have been very muted. Um, across the nation, with with you know certain exceptions, uh, really speaking to these people. I mean, what are you going to do with people that don't want welfare? They don't even get it; aren't eligible for it. Um, they don't get compensated, and obviously, even with compensation, this is unconstitutional. There's got to be a point where the suspension of liberties, even if you could justify it for two, three weeks, you certainly can't justify it indefinitely. And this is, folks, is where we got to get with our sheriffs and we got to sit down with them and say, how dare you? You will not at a time when when criminals are being let out beyond belief everywhere across the board, go after law abiding citizens. And I want to get back to the suspension of the license in a minute, but I want to make one point on something you said. You talked about how your children were kicked out for not wearing a mask. And I got several um, emails from people in other states in Iowa. I know where, again, these should be conservative areas and we're still having this problem with government officials or school officials. It is, schools are microcosms of the country in terms of the criminal priorities. So if you have a a child that is extremely violent and dangerous, it is so hard to kick them out. But somehow, if you have someone who doesn't wear a mask, it's like, boom. Like, you know, there are literally people that have Beaten the blank out of people in school, and they've not been expelled. It is so hard to get kids kicked out these days. I mean, that is the Sodom and Gomorrah we're living in. The dyslexic priorities. The um, you know, yeah. I want you to comment on that for a moment before well, we get. I'm going
1: to say it's even worse than that. My daughter um, is a junior. She's been a straight A student, top ten in her class. She's a gym. Um, Went to state for gymnastics. She's in cross-country. She's in track and field. Never been a problem. Never been an issue. We even followed the state mandate in Section 8A of the um, mandate itself. It says if you have an exemption, you are allowed to go to school without a mask on. Period. I, fo- I even followed that rule. And they still got kicked out. And what I really didn't like is that they were teaching my daughter to lie to me. Because they have the exemption in the school. And when they called my daughter down to the office, they said, to her, you have three choices. One, you can wear a mask or two, you can wear a face shield, or three, you can call your mom. And she chose to call me instead of disobeying me and disobeying what she stands on. And so I was very proud of her, and um, I don't understand how we are letting our schools (laughs) and our government, you know, take over our children, take over our lives. That is not the role of the government. That is not the role of the schools. They're supposed to be there to support you, not to hinder you and put you down. They're supposed to be teaching our kids to stand up for each other, to do what's right, I, sorry, I just don't
0: understand. <laughs> yeah, it, th- that's. I mean, look, education starts in the home, and and I and I think one of the ancillary benefits of all of this that I see. I mean, the businesses and churches that's going to be a problem because you can't, you know, that they can't be closed. But as far as the schools are concerned, there might be an ancillary benefit to this where a lot of people just say screw it with the public schools and and go on to um, alternatives which is probably needed anyway, even before this, but I want to get to the licensing issue. So could you describe when your license was yanked? Because this really is what, this is what scares everyone. They're not scared of Joe Biden. They're not even so much scared of the state. What really affects business owners, they're terrified of the county or sometimes regional, depending on where you are, regional boards of health and the licensing can you describe what happened and how you wound up, at least so far, succeeding in getting your license back?
1: Well, they had called before when they found out that I was staying open, that I was opening. And they had called to say that they were, if I opened, they were going to pull my license. And I just said, okay, well, I'm still opening. And so last Wednesday, they came down and he said, can I have your license? And we talked and he showed me what, so, you know, what was going on. And I said... Okay, so I went and got my license and I handed it to him.
0: And, you know,
1: he was very nice and he said, um, you know, he's sorry that he has to do it, but he has to go off what the state says. And I said, no, you're supposed to go off the Constitution. That's your job. You won't, you're supposed to do what the Constitution says. I have violated no, none, none of the health department rules. I've done, I violated nothing. Um, and, but they took the license anyway. And I said, and that was it. That was last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Yeah, that was pretty hard because then people really started hitting me with, oh, look, see, you know, they just like to talk and be mean sometimes, but that's okay.
0: I'm sorry. So so you were, so they yanked your license. Now, all the while, what did the customer base look like? Were you getting people coming in and supporting you?
1: Yes, that's what's been so amazing. We've had people from all over the state coming in. We've had people from... Marshall and our town come in and just really say they support me and um come in and they sit down. Our, our, sometimes I like to talk. And so most of my customers that come in, you know, they come in and then we sit down and talk. I get no work done. Let's just say that. So then we um, have a conversation and then, you know, just have a good time talking. And um so, yeah, people have been coming in and just really glad that there's a place to come down and sit down and eat. And, you know, so, like, life is normal again, you know, where it belongs and how it should be.
0: Wow, that, that that's terrific. And then, now, this, again, is what scares everyone. So, how do I operate without a license? And this is why so many are giving in. But, ultimately, you appealed the decision and you won. How, how did you win?
1: Well, they had a, a board meeting. And at the board meeting, let me just say this. I What happened is a lot of people, I don't know if this is, made the decision, but I know a lot of people who were supporting me were calling in yes. the board members, letting them know that what they did was unconstitutional, was wrong. And so um, they had a board meeting and they decided unanimously to um, resend, um the suspension of the license for, for you know, Haven's Garden. And that, um, to me, I take it as a win. I take it as a win that they're going off the constitution. I did nothing wrong. And so I take it as they're supporting me supporting local businesses, and I'm just thankful that they made the right decision. So, to me, it's a great win.
0: So, two questions. Here and now, are you still in, I don't want to call it legal danger, because it's not legal, but you know what I mean. Are you still in danger from uh, the political edicts uh, looming over your head? And, and connected to that, are other patriots emboldened to actually um, have the audacity to live and breathe and earn a living based on what you've done.
1: Yes. I'm going to say something that's, I don't know if you know this, that, that happened the same day, December 9th. So before the health department came, the um, health, Southwest Health and Human Services, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the state department came at like 11 o'clock and they gave me a cease and desist order. So they said that I had to close my business for 72 hours and that um, they put a sign up on my when my door stating that I could not have service and I could not be open. And I said, okay, thank you. We still will be open. Um, I'm not going to abide by your unconstitutional. Un, I'm not going to, ha- I'm not going to stand by it. Um, and so, um, that that same day at about one the Southwest health and human services came down and reinstated my license. So I don't know, you know, what they're playing or what's going on, sure. but, um, yeah. And I'm sorry,
0: what was your other question? No, so so then connected to that is, you know, we talk about strength in numbers and, and this cannot fall on the backs of a very small group of people like you. There has to be more people doing this if this is going to succeed. Are you seeing other people with similar businesses or maybe even, you know, not restaurants but other type of businesses um that are following in your footsteps? Yes, yeah,
1: there's a lot going on in the background that People are not seeing businesses are getting together and they're talking. And we are there's going to be a mass opening up pretty soon. Um, I'm just not at liberty to say when sure. right now, but there are a lot of businesses that are willing to stand for, on the Constitution, stand and take their rights back. And um, I don't know if you heard of uh, Jane, there's another lady, Jane Moss. She opened up her business. I was so proud of her. Um, but there's other businesses that are willing to take a stand. And um, that are fighting. And there's, um, yeah, a huge group that's going to be opening. Um, this actually in two phases. They're going to do what they, you know, our governor called us rocks and cows <laughs> out in the rural areas. They're going to open up first. And then um, up in the cities, they will open up like a couple of days afterwards.
0: That, that's what needs to happen. And, and it needs to start in the places where the sheriffs are more god fearing and exactly. abide by the Constitution. Remember, if you're an executive official, especially a sheriff, you make an oath to the Constitution. It's not just the president; it is every state and local official. You swear an oath to the state constitution and the federal constitution. Um, unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me, but and uh, you seem like the type to know it. But if not, look it up. the The, the Minnesota Declaration of Rights, the Article One of the Minnesota Constitution is very clear. About how situations like this are governed. There are no emergency exceptions to those fundamental rights. And I
1: carry mine so. <laughs>
0: yeah, up. Yep. No, it is something to brush up on because people forget a lot of these states have very good constitutions that are often ignored. And I'm sure the governor has never bothered to read it before exercising this power. So, you know, this is really where the power comes from. Um, and and yeah, I mean, you guys, I think, could read between the lines. Given the censorship on Facebook, it's very hard to organize um, pushback like this because it's kind of a no-fly zone. But what I think people need to understand, without having the the specifics, is you got to flood your local officials. Stop focusing just on Biden and this and that. All the power we're learning is really locally. You get in with the school board, the health department there, the sheriff, obviously the county commission, county executives – and And really, the local prosecutor as well. And we say, look, you know, prosecute the bad guys, not the good guys, and enforce the law laws that are constitutional. Um, and certainly not not edicts that aren't even laws that are just, you know, executive whims, uh, tweets, uh, press exactly. conferences. you know, that certainly that is that is the spirit of the American Revolution, not the French Revolution. This is what it's all about. Uh, I, we have a strong base of listenership in Iowa. I encourage all you guys, especially in the Sioux Falls area. Um, South Dakota, Iowa, you're around that area. Come to Lind, uh, Minnesota. Come to Havens Garden. Sounds like a terrific uh, family-oriented place if you're in Minnesota as well. We have a lot of listeners there from this show. Uh, Larvita, what else could people do to support you, join the effort locally? I wanted to say
1: one more thing about our share our sheriff has been very open and willing to listen and have a conversation with what's going on. And that has been very helpful to know like where yeah. he stands and what he's willing to do. But um, if you go to action, the number four, liberty.com um, there, you can sign a petition. And then they have started um, uh, it's, it's called gives and um, a fund for our legal um, fees that might come up, we don't know yet what's going to happen. We have no idea. You know, they the government has done a lot of threatening. You know, that's that's what they want to do. They just want to scare small businesses, harass them, threaten, bully, and they want to scare you with a. You know, for me, they you know they said we could be fined up to twenty five thousand for every occasion that we're open, and then up to a year in jail. Like, you don't even do that to the criminals. That Up to a year records. in jail. I,
0: I, I See, you, you don't know me. I've written a tremendous amount on Minneapolis crime. And I'm not from the area, um, but we have a pretty good one of our Facebook fan organizers is from the area, has helped me a lot on that. And... It is shocking the number of repeat violent offenders that do not get jail time, particularly now. Obviously, we saw mass rioting, blocking of I-35, burning down police stations with impunity. None of them, I mean, less than 1% of the people involved in all that activity got arrested. And somehow they find their moxie. And again, I mean, a lot of the rural sheriffs, the smaller town sheriffs are good, but they need to be reminded, you will not at a time... When violent criminals are harming people and they get away with it and escape justice, you will not put handcuffs on people literally doing nothing but opening their business. Uh, you know, th- this is, you know, if we're going to have anarchy in Afghanistan, you're not going to somehow have China and North Korea on law-abiding business owners. We're not going to have this dual justice system where business owners get North Korea and people that have a particular agenda in pursuit of that agenda, are able to harm, maim, loot, rob, steal, burn um, at, with impunity. That is not going to happen. Again, actionforliberty.com. What was the other website you said? The funding? GiveSendGo.com to support the legal defense. Again, this is not someone with a ton of money that could just fight this all on her own. You and I have an obligation to support this because this is not about Harvin's, uh, Haven's Garden. This is about every business, private school, church, our 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 bodily integrity our face our nose our every i mean this is this is just getting started they have already announced even after a vaccine they're going to continue all of this stuff so this will not end unless there are people like larvita but people like larvita can't do this if it doesn't spawn um a greater uh a greater movement you know i'm just going to say this larvita in my personal faith we celebrate this week the the holiday of hanukkah and it was ultimately the the victory of the few over the many. And, you know, that was literally where pagans were fought off by, by a small group of pe- people of faith. And it took, you know, it, it took a lot of sacrifice. And that's what we remember on a week like this. Um, obviously, a season like this where you also have, you know, Christmas for the majority of the country, Christians. Um, this is the time to draw upon our faith Draw upon our constitution. Larvita, thanks for what you do. Thanks for joining us, and please keep us updated.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Can I say one more thing? I just want to say to all the small businesses out there, just open up. We need to open up. We need to stand together. We can't be afraid.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You can't, because we have no choice. There is no, you can't wait it out. You can't negotiate In many respects, they've made it so easy for us because I think you know, and I could tell from your faith and your, you know, your constitutional views, you would appreciate that. Look, we've deviated from the Constitution for many years. This has really gone off the rails for a long time. But you know, um, as as Jefferson said in the Declaration, we we're we're prone to uh, tolerate things while while they're sufferable, while 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 the usurpations are sufferable. Well, they no longer are, and they they, they no longer are are tolerable. We we have to stand up. Thanks for what you do. Please update us. We're going to pray for you. We're going to organize for you, and hopefully we're going to have many, many more like you.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. God bless.
0: Take care. And and folks, I just stand in awe of this woman. This is a modern-day Patrick Henry. I mean, this is what it's all about. It's easy for someone like me. I make my money off of digital and writing and things like that that could be done for my house, earn my paycheck, not be affected look i'm I'm like one of those, you know, just like the liberal elite, where you know the lockdown financially has not affected me, and I could just sit back and be like some of my other colleagues that commentate as an end to itself. And do nothing to improve upon their strategy to actually better the outcome for conservatives, for patriots, for everyone. Again, it's not, nothing to do with conservatives. I mean, you heard her story. This is anyone who has a business like that. I just stand in awe of someone who is a single mother, four kids, stands up for them not to be forced them, force them to have diapers on their face for seven hours in school. Has a beautiful family-oriented type of restaurant. Sounds like a really terrific place. Again, Havens Garden in Lynn, Minnesota. Anyone who's within 100, 200 miles, please, please go there. Talk with her. Um, this, this conversation is where the fault line in America is. It's not even so much with the Biden and this stuff and the election. I mean, we're going to continue covering that. But remember... Lions County, Minnesota, Trump carried it by 26 points. There are hundreds upon hundreds of counties like this. Now, it seems like so far she has a little better outcome because thankfully the sheriff is better. The situation, it's not like mi- Minneapolis and the big cities. But still, it's not like she's like skating away. She is in grave legal danger. She still is. It shouldn't be that way. The the response from the sheriff, the response from the county commissioners there, whoever they are, the response from the local health department should be so emphatic that it becomes clear she is untouchable. She is protected by the locals. And that's going to be done. The only way to do that and and, and to successfully do that in similar counties is to have strike forces. Group of 30 patriots in every county that Trump won. It really should be everywhere. But again, at least in places like that, where we rally around these business owners, we have a grand reopening day, a blitzkrieg. Everyone patronizes them. Everyone staying with them. And then you look the sheriffs and the police in the eye and say, how dare you? Don't give me this. I'm following orders. And this is political. And, you know, look, I agree with you. But what can I do? You guys are standing back as criminals are beating people up. Murderers are let out. Don't suddenly find your testosterone when it comes to picking on people like that. That's the message that needs to be sent to them. There's one thing if all every criminal were locked up forever, so even unconstitutional edicts will enforce. No, you're not going to sit and enforce that while the Ten Commandments aren't enforced. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. This is where it's at. It's in our power. If everyone who claims to have supported Trump passionately, if all those people would just get together, even if it, even if Biden legitimately won, which he didn't, 75 million people is a heck of a lot of people. And they constitute a majority and even supermajority In large swaths of the country. In fact, Biden won the smallest geographical area ever. The fact that the majority of people live in that small area is immaterial. Legally, you control that unit of government as much as the left controls LA County with 10 million people. And yet we have county after county that's similar to Lyons County, Minnesota where people are getting arrested and certainly getting cited and getting their licenses yanked from them, and kids are getting kicked out of school for not wearing a mask, while bullies and violent kids on drugs never get kicked out? How do we tolerate that? You know, I I didn't get into that so much, but I'm assuming her kids went to school in Lyons County. How in a place that Trump won by 26 points Could that get off the ground? And the answer is because you and I are complacent. Look in the mirror. We need to put all of our energy that we put in the presidential election, at this point we need to put, into influencing, browbeating, pressuring, and threatening, I don't mean in the way the BLM does, in a violent way, but politically and morally, these local officials. And this, these committees, Sons of Liberty chapters that we open up in all these counties, only takes a handful of people, need to work on either themselves or recruiting people to run for prosecutor, county state's attorney, run for sheriff, run for county commissioner and school board official and all the local offices. You do this, even in the worst case scenario, at a federal level and sometimes state level, we will have an asylum for civil and religious liberty in hundreds, if not one, 2,000 counties in this country. And you know what? I'll take it. Certainly a lot better than the position we're in now. So again, actionforliberty.com is where you could find out the information on Larvita, how to help her, other people. If you are going through this predicament or you know other people, Send them my way. Reach out to me. I'll have you on the show. I'll try to, have you know, I'll ask Steve Days and some of the others on on our network here at Blaze to publicize the story. I just want to close with one thought. A lot of my colleagues are poo-pooing the Texas lawsuit. Oh, this is not how it's done. Oh, this is not good. I support federalism. I don't like the notion of a state going to the federal court to complain about another state. And we've talked about the arguments that and hypocrisy and how they're never there with us when federal courts crush the states, yada, yada. But where the hell are these people empowering people like Larvita? Oh, they're so into localism. See, this is the problem. It's not just about Trump and the election, and the fraud, and the means of redressing it, and the standing. They don't fight this wretched dinosaur Republican Party and phony conservative movement. They do not fight on a single issue a single time, even when it exemplifies their own stated principles. Because they don't have any principles. Their principles are that the left wins all the time, every time, and they just have this hypothetical wet dream myth of some scenario coming in very cleanly where we can get conservative governance in some clean way that doesn't offend their sensibilities. Boy, does that give me, I mean, this gives me tons of motivation. And I just want to say, and again, you'll see why I'm saying this, Larvita happens to be black. And I only say that meaning I didn't say that all along. a lot of my colleagues would tout that as like, oh, look, a black business owner being persecuted by government. like to me, it doesn't matter. like uh, patri- patriotism crosses all lines. We do have a divided country, a divided America, but doesn't divide along race. It's the elites versus everyone else. But the reason why I mention that is because all these stupid. Phony conservative commentators, so-called activists, so-called elected conservatives. They don't like getting involved with certain people and organizations because to them it reeks of like, I don't know, white nationalism or something. But what I'm saying is this is the perfect fight for them. Not that I think the color of the skin of the victim matters, but in their mind it does. So I just wanted to point that out. There's this notion on the left, but really increasingly on the pseudo right of like you have to pander, you have to pander to blacks in a way that, oh, let out the criminals because that's what they want, even though they don't welfare. And there are so many people like her that are business owners. They don't want welfare. They sure as heck don't want criminals released. They want liberty. They want freedom. They want ordered liberty. They want traditional values. Who is speaking to them? The forces of tyranny and anarchy have a constituency. I'm sorry, that constituency has representation in the form of the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. As the mini-me, faint, and pathetic echo. Who represents Larvita? Show me. And the answer is nobody. We need to create that movement. It's not going to happen on its own. This is our fight. This is our time. This is what we have been called upon to do. And look, as it always was, and it's going to be, a very small number of people that are really going to put the most skin in the game, like her. All it takes is people like us that don't personally necessarily have that much skin in the game And aren't at risk to take a little bit of time to organize, to patronize them, go to those businesses, be there when the cops show up or the board of officials show up, to shout them down, to stand around those people, to organize for their legal defense, to organize at a political level, at a media level, at a data level, to push back against the county officials. All politics is local. The left has learned that ages ago. The minute we learn that, the dominoes of tyranny will fall. And the light of liberty, again in my faith, it's Hanukkah. It falls out during the darkest time of the year. Festival of lights. That light of liberty will burn brightly amidst the darkness. The power is in our hands. Don't think we need to win another election in order for that to happen. We already have sufficient power and influence in significant portions of the country, a majority of the legal jurisdictions, counties, townships in the country. It's time we actually employ a new strategy to implement the true and tried principles rather than Then because we double down on failed strategies, we look for new and alien principles and call it conservatism. Nope, that's not what we're about here Conservative Review. Thanks so much for listening. Let's um, organize at minimum Speakeasy, our Facebook page. Email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Let me know your thoughts. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. But most importantly, stay free.